Well, it's team. Nice to have your company. Welcome along. Friday morning. I've lost track this week, I promise you, of exactly where I am in the, in the wake-up stakes. Because I'm, I'm getting better at sleeping. I've suddenly discovered the thing that is disrupting my sleeping patterns is having a DVD playing. And last, and I, 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 what I, I tend to work on is that I cannot go to sleep if there is noise in the background. I know I've had people writing in before saying, I turn on your programme, within two minutes I'm fast asleep, and I think, no, you're fibbing. You're fib- you, can, you, you have a very bad sleep if you're listening to noise. But I cannot sleep if, it's, if, it, if there's something going on. My friend Thomas, who's got the dry cleaners in Twickenham, when I came outside this morning at three o'clock, his, his light was still on, so I'm assuming he's still up. Sitting there, and they've, they've, they've tested the lights in Twickenham for tonight for the big turn-on, and he's got one right outside his bedroom window. And he said, I hope it's not going to be too bright. And I, I've looked at it, and they're actually, they, they look fine. And so at 5.30 tonight, when it's nicely dark, we'll put them on. Apparently, nice band from Nella Hall will be there, and uh, there'll be all sorts of things going on in Church Street. It'll be great. It'll be nice. So I'm looking forward to, to doing that. So 5.30, we turn the lights on in Twickenham. We'll, we'll point out all that we, we could do sort of like, a, and up there is Miss, Mr. Shah and Goods the Chemist, and down there is Sandy's and the fish, and down there is, is you know, Marks and Spencer around the corner, the Modis, and up here is, the, you know, we can do you a rough idea of where everything is. So you can then go on the tour of Twickenham. Down there's the Balmy Arms, and they've got music taking place tonight. And uh, over there, hiding at the back are all the people that I don't like. So there'll be Jordan with that ghastly car of hers and, and, and all the other the funny people who make up the, the crazy world that they call newspapers. Uh, George Michael, still not very well in hospital, uh, cancelled a few more. I think I, I was preempted yesterday. I said he'd cancelled Cardiff. They only announced that yesterday. But I announced it yesterday morning, thinking that if you've got pneumonia... There's no chance that you're going to be doing any, any shows anytime soon. He's going to need to rest up over Christmas, I would think, and then get himself fully, fully better for next year. They say now uh, he's, uh, he's had this pneumonia for two months. And, um, and you think, listen, stay in hospital. That's the best place for you. If you've got something like that, stay in hospital, which is very nice. Uh, we've got your texts and emails this morning, 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. We've got some birthdays to celebrate later on. But it is the newspapers that we, that we turn to. Only because I derive the most pleasure out of laughing at life's unfortunates. And most of life's unfortunates appear to be on the television. I said yesterday that that, that rumble between poor old Anita Dobson and a certain radio station, when they asked her to have a photograph taken, the presenter, um, because we, we sometimes ask, we all, but we always say to them, is it OK to have a picture taken so we can put it on the website? And some people say, yeah, that's right. Sometimes we actually forget. And sometimes, you know, we don't remember. And sometimes, you know, somebody said, well, actually, I haven't got my makeup on. And you go, that's OK, that's fine, that doesn't matter. And so she was asked for her photograph after the interview. And she said, look, do you mind, you know, because I haven't got my makeup on, because it's radio, not everybody comes dressed for radio, surprisingly. I mean, I do, but that's completely... That's just me. I'm just a bit peculiar. And, and so she said, I'd, I'd rather not. And they then took umbrage. And the programme producer, who used to be at LBC, um, had, had, had one of his famous Queenie Wobbles. And I said, right, that's it. We're never going to mention the Strictly Come Dancing ever again. I mean, an insider said he probably will. He's, he's just... Because it's given them some publicity. But it does highlight the fact that a lot of ladies go out... Uh, without makeup on, and you can see them. You know, they've sort of like, you either jam a hat on your head and a big pair of dark glasses, like Vic Beckham, in which case you just get no pictures, no... I'm constantly doing it in Twickenham. No pictures, please. Somebody walked past me a few weeks ago and snapped me. 
as I was walking down the high street. I couldn't quite work out why somebody wanted to take a picture of me, seeing as loads on the LBC uh, website. But that, that was quite funny. But, I mean, I thought she was quite right. You know, if you don't want a picture taken, it's always, it's a common courtesy, isn't it? It's like sitting in a restaurant and somebody, and if I've been sitting with famous people, sometimes somebody will come up and go, can you sign this? And you've, I mean, I, I used to get really annoyed about it. I'd be sitting with somebody famous and we'd be chatting away and some perfect stranger would come up and sit down and go, oh, hi, how are you? And you think, no, not, not talking to me, I hasten to add, talking to the person I was with. I was just, and I used to have to say, excuse me, I'm another human being in the world, you know, just in case you'd forgotten that we're halfway through the meal. I'm about to order spotted dick and custard. You know, the least you can have is a little bit of courtesy. But so, some people just go, oh, you know, they're so excited to see somebody famous. I never get that at all. Sorry. A bit emotional this morning as we're heading into the festive season. But I've started buying, buying the Christmas presents. It started this morning. My brother sends me the list of what his, his girls want. And so immediately, onto Amazon, ordered, sorted. There you go, that's done. It'll be delivered here. I shall wrap it up in some terribly expensive paper, stick a bow on the top, and that'll be it for Christmas. Because it's, it's all about the wrapping of the present. Some things are difficult to wrap. Bottles are impossible to wrap. I cannot wrap bottles. So what I do, I go to Clinton's or one of those cheapo card shops and buy what they call a bottle bag. And I just put it in there with a label around the neck, and that covers it. As long as it's a pretty bag, it doesn't matter. And also, people and don't write on, on the bag, because people like reusing them. So there's my handy hint. In fact, don't actually write in the Christmas card so we can reuse them and send them to somebody more deserving. Just sort of put on the envelope to Steve Allen, then just put a blank card in there and I'll fill it in myself. Okay. Or failing that, write in pencil. That's always very handy. But uh, if, if ever you get bags, don't write on the bag. Last year, I was very lucky. I did get a number of bottles in here. Philisan, Wincarnas, the usual sort of thing for the over-40s. And um, it's done no good at all. No good at all. But I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more excited as the days go by. But it's going to go by so fast this year. Before we know where we are, we're going to be singing Deck the Halls With and we'll be into Boxing Day. Because it just doesn't last five minutes now, does it? It's a month till Christmas, isn't it? It is a month today till an old man with a white beard sits on top of your house and you have to call the police. Mothers are up in arms, talking about the man with the white beard. And God knows there's nothing like a slick link, and that was nothing like a slick link. Because there's an advert on the television where they're talking about who, who put the tree, da-da-da-da-da, my mother... And all the mothers are going, my eight-year-old is going, what do you mean mother puts the... Father Christmas puts the presents under... And I'm here to tell you now, boys and girls, don't you take any notice of that television advert. It's not your mother. Your, what your mother does, and your father, is they help Father Christmas out. Because Father Christmas has got a lot of presents to deliver. He's, like, mega busy this time of year. Actually, the only reason I'm talking like that is because I saw this mega busy... I saw this guy called Professor Green on the television... And he's a white boy, but he talked like this. He talked like this all the time. And I'm thinking, if, if you closed your eyes, you'd have no idea where he came from. It wasn't until I opened my eyes and realised that he's just a very ordinary... He looks a little bit preppy. And he's got tattoos on his neck, which, of course, is going to look very attractive when he's about 45. And, uh, and he was talking like this and going, like, it's wicked, you know, because I'm doing... And I'm thinking, why do people talk like that? So I started doing it. Makes you more street. Makes you more acceptable. You know, means that... I don't think mega... No, mega's not... Is mega, mega not a good word for me to use this morning. Is it banging? It's not street, is it, mega? Oh, was it 80s? Oh, my Lord above. Oh, I can't use an 80s word. We don't want to use things like that, do we? Uh, Sunita's been talking in the jungle about who was better. Uh, Simon Cowell or Brad Pitt. I mean, no contest as far as I'm concerned. No co Hello, Simon Cowell, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, a wardrobe. Simon Cowell, nothing. Simon Cowell, nothing. No, it's always going to be Brad Pitt, isn't it? Every single time. Because he's young 
and he's better looking. You know, I've got nothing against Simon Cowell. You know, I think he's, I think he's very clever, and he's abs- and he's he's got a charity single out with this group called Little Minxes. They just look odd to me. I'm sorry to say it, but I've looked at you know I've looked at them and girls with little fat, round fat faces and too much hair, which doesn't look like it's their hair. Looks like it's somebody else's hair. And they've started dressing them up, but the trouble is. They're not really pretty enough, bless their hearts. I, I, I mean, I mean that in a caring way. I, I don't mean that, as you can well imagine, if you've listened to this programme for any longer than three minutes, that I'm in any way bitter, twisted, or desperately sad about things. But they're just not attractive. They're just not attractive. I'm not even convinced that they can sing. Whereas you look at the boys of One, one Direction, you can see the appeal. All right, so they've had to cover the spots up. But, I mean, that's what hide and heels for. You know, you bring hide and heel out, and I've lived with enough girls in flats to know that the main staple diet in the bathroom... Hide and heel or a pan stick. Oh, I've got a spot. Oh, look, there, it's gone. Look at that. It's amazing, isn't it? Let me take it off. It's still there, but it doesn't matter. Especially if it's gone crusty on the outside. But, I mean, that's what you... Hide and heel was the big thing. Put it under your eyes, all the rest of it. So the boys of One Direction are troweling on their makeup. A bit like the girls from Essex. Until you look at the girls that they've picked to work in poor Amy Charles's salon. And I can only assume they must have run out of people because they're all on the Essex programme. Or perhaps they've been photographed from a bad angle. Because, you know, and I mean, Lord knows, trust me when I tell you this, that, you know, I'm sure in a bad light they look really good. But I'm telling you in the paper this morning, it ain't a good picture. Sorry, it isn't a good picture in the paper this morning. And I mean that in a caring way. Because if you're going into a, into a beauty salon, girls, and I know that you like going in, and, you know, you want to see some because you don't want to look at somebody and think, my God, and that's what you look like when you walk out of here. You know, because you don't want to look like that. You want to, you know, you want somebody who looks voluptuous. But, of course, those sort of people don't work in beauty salons. They're the people who could afford to have their nails done, to have their spots covered up professionally, you know, to have their eyelashes tinted and have this and that. So they've sent out to the jungle in an effort to sort of keep Mark Wright vaguely interested in the world because he's he's at a danger point at the moment of dropping off the edge because he's so boring and he's so clichéd. And his mother, bless her heart... I think she must be related to Nanny Pat, who's off with the pixies most of the time. Nanny Pat looks like she sits behind the settee with a bottle of Bacardi and a couple of fags on. I don't know why, it just looks very funny. And Mark, who must be the dimmest bloke next to Joey Essex. They're portraying poor Essex people in a very bad light. He doesn't work, he's just a greeter on a club. Hello, darling, well, come in. All right, yeah, you come in. You're lovely, aren't you? What's your name? Lauren? I love you, Lauren. You're nice. They've sent out... Um, that, that large one in The Only Way is Essex. So they've sent her out there. This is the one who's desperately trying to lose weight. And then she gave up last week. She said, I don't care. People take me, you know, for what I am, which is Jabba the Hutt. And so she's out there and she's, she's sort of with, with uh, not Nanny Pat. They actually sent out Mark's mum and dad. Not surprised his dad doesn't feature too much on the television. Let's put it that way. The rest of the family is so desperate for this fame thing. It's almost a bit embarrassing. And Kirk is going to leave the programme. Kirk's going to leave the programme because he's, he's going to be the bachelor. Because they always give it to dim people. They gave it to Gavin Ensign last time. Look at this. Look, 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 look. look. Come on, look, 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 look. This is, this, this is Mark's, Mark's dad. I mean, I mean, you know, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not being cruel, am I? I mean, it's... I know, Poppy. He looks, he looks like a dad. He does look like a dad, doesn't he? Anybody's dad but his. And this is this is Jessica, I think. She's she's quite a large girl. And and also she's wearing a wrong outfit. You know, I'm sorry, that's that's the way it goes. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be rude. But Peter Andre's at the centre of a love triangle. Um Jessica Wright and Gemma Collins. 
bless your heart, girl, for even trying. He's not remotely interested. Nice but dim Pete was on the television yesterday doing his usual, do you know, I really like you kind of thing. And you think, it's not all there in the brain department, is it? I'm being kind. It's a bit like Comedy Dave. Oh, I've got a story about him in a minute. Quarter past five, these are the headlines. A £1 billion effort to get young people back into work is outlined later as the latest figures show more than a million are without jobs. The government plans to give employers cash to cover half the minimum wage if they promise to top up the rest. The jobless who refuse the deal or quit could see benefits cut. There's a warning next Wednesday's strike could lead to passengers being held on planes at Heathrow for 12 hours as immigration staff walk out in the row over pensions. The Telegraph claims airlines have been told to fly planes only half full to try and reduce delays. And more than a third of us plan to cross people off our Christmas present list this year to save cash. Research by consumer group Witch finds almost half of us plan to cut back on how much we spend on gifts. Let's have a check on the roads down to the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre. Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Already busy. Steve Allen. Morning. 19 minutes past five. Friday morning. I'm so delighted it's Friday morning. I'm so delighted it's Friday morning. Hope it doesn't rain today. I'm pretty certain uh, it won't. I do love Lily Allen. I mean, I'm not... I don't know enough about Lily Allen to decide whether I'm a fan or I'm not a fan... Uh, I really don't know enough, but she has apologised to somebody called Chris Chris Mollers's. I don't know who he, Chris Mollers, uh, who has a sidekick. I'm embarrassing to have to have a sidekick. You can't manage the job by yourself. You've got a sidekick. It's almost like having a posse, isn't it? Really, uh, for 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 mentioning on Twitter that Comedy Dave is unfunny after he appeared on a Channel Four cookery show. Good Lord, we've dragged this five minutes of fame out quite a long time, haven't we? A cookery show. It's a bit camp, isn't it? A cookery show. But no, the whole idea I thought about poor old Comedy Dave, is that he's not funny. That, that's why he's called Comedy Dave. It's like calling him, you know, desperately attractive Dave. You know, that would be the same kind of thing. He's, he, he's not, and he's not funny either. Uh, but he's there as, as a sidekick. So, you know, you're always the bridesmaid. You never quite make it to being bride. Although I bet he's caught a few bouquets in his time. So she's actually apologised, and um, uh, her fans started showering Vitti with insults as he became a hot topic on Twitter. Grateful to be talked about, love, I should think. I mean, you know, it's nice to be talked about, but uh, but he is unfunny, and he was dreadfully boring, <laughs> dreadfully boring. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think people would waste time actually writing to him. And and, and I thought the the title Comedy Dave was ironic. I thought that's why because we saw him dancing, and there was no evidence of personality. I mean, I seriously, I thought maybe you know, being the kind-hearted stuff, perhaps I should take him out for a drink and explain to him, you know, what radio is. You know, perhaps that, you know, that'd be a nice carry. That could be my New Year resolution. Helping people out who are less fortunate. <laughs> I like that at Christmas. I'm still not giving to beggars. I've decided not giving to anybody sitting by the side of the road this year. I couldn't care less if they've got a dog, a hamster or a budgerigar. They're not getting any money from me. If I'm going to give to charity, I'm going to give to charity. So I turned on the news yesterday and there's a lovely feature on, uh, on Dave Beckham who is learning how to play blind football. And what he's done, he's, he's playing with blind football. As it turns out, he actually wasn't much cop at it. They put a blind... And I thought, oh, that's really nice. He's, he's giving something back. It turns out it's an advert for a company called Sainsbury's. So quite clearly he's getting paid a fortune. But they sold it as if it was a news feature. Or is it... It wasn't a news feature. It was a, it was a blatant plug. And the reporter on Channel 5, because they've lost all sense of reality there, even mentioned who he was doing it for. And I kind of, you know, I thought, well, that's, it's a bit of a swizz, really, because it's not what you think it is. It, it's part of the uh, Sainsbury's Million Kids Challenge campaign for the Paralympics. And so they had him running up and down with a blindfold on. 
Although I reckon he could have seen through it anyway. Any, any decent magician could see through that. Uh, also the paper today. Oh, good news for you girls for Christmas. Girls. You know, it's, this is applying to people who are very thin, I'm afraid. Dieter von Tees, the girl who's bringing back burlesque and drones on about it to everybody, apparently has launched her own uh, underwear, Dieter von Follies, based on her love of 50s underwear, arrives here next year. A little exciting, isn't it? Can't wait. I mean, do people really buy into this? You know, if you see somebody like you go, oh, I think I must get that. Because all this underwear is surely out there already. You know, if you want to dress sexily. I mean, I myself can. Self, I'm wearing a basque and suspenders at the moment, although you'd never know it listening to the programme. Because I sound to you as if I'm wearing probably jeans and a, and a casual shirt, looking a little bit like a cheap version of a lumberjack. But I'm not. I am wearing... St- I am, in fact, auditioning for the Rocky Horror Show a little bit later. Privately at the moment, I'm doing the time warp, just beneath the desk, above the desk. I'm not doing anything at all. So uh, she's launching her underwear. I hadn't had that Malteser earlier on, you know. It's, it's quite affected my life today. It's very bizarre, isn't it, the way you can sort of... Perhaps I should have had a nice lolly or some fruitcake. Just to, just to have pushed myself completely in. I could have cleaned the studio with a feather duster. I could have been that good this morning. Uh, the, the Daily Star have, have run out of girls to put in the centre pages, so they've put in... Lucy Mecklenburg. Yuck, 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 I'm afraid. This is the one who cheated on her boyfriend with Mark Wright. Because quite clearly, the advice to Lucy is keep your legs clamped together, love. OK? You know, because it's just... It's tacky. You're tacky. You're looking a bit bit ropey in these pictures as well at the moment. But apparently she's backing Dougie Pointer to win the show. Who cares what you think, love? Nobody cares what you think at all. The good news is, though, the X Factor is going out on tour. This is This is not till February, March and April... And here are the non-singers. Little Mix, Katie Brooknell, mad as a bucket, uh, Marcus Collins, camp as any other hairdresser, Misha B, Amelia Lilly, Janet Devlin, Craig Colton. My God, it's full of of gay ones this year, isn't it? Johnny Robinson and uh, The Risk. I think actually putting them anywhere would be a risk, but I'm, I'm more delighted to tell you that Lord of the Dance... Uh, created by Michael Flatley, is back as well. Don McLean. And who goes to WrestleMania Revenge Tours? I obviously bypassed this. I never got into that programme on the television where they were all beating each other, you know, senseless with giant cotton buds. I never did Gladiators. I never quite understood. I know that the kids love it, but the WrestleMania Revenge Tour. And it's got pictures of people. I don't know who any of them are. They must be American star because I've really got no idea. But they play, you know, huge arenas. They're playing the O2. Uh, twice they're playing that one. And they'll probably do really good business. But I always thought wrestling was, was fixed. I always thought wrestling was fiddle. I mean, I go back to people like Big Daddy and um, I can't remember who some of the other ones were, actually. There was a very famous... Kendo Nagasaki was one of those famous wrestlers. And we used to watch it on the television. But the funny thing was that when they showed it, there was a woman who used to dress up as a princess and sit in the front row. And every time the wrestlers came nearer, she'd beat them over the head with a handbag. It was ever so funny. And she was there all the time. She loved it. But I always thought it was fiddled. They'd go, OK, today, giant haystacks, you're going to win. And so it would always start off with, and they'd throw somebody on the canvas. And then you'd think, oh, he's going to lose. And then all of a sudden, ta-da! He turns it round and he throws the other one on the canvas. And then they throw them out. And, and it, I just thought it was all a bit fake. And it kind of ran its, ran its course on the television. But we still remember the people, don't we? Jay Louise has had a call. Bless her heart. She's so lucky at her age to still get a call. But this time it's from a listener. Chucking it down in East London. When you say chucking it down, is that like chucking it down? Uh, and, and is it South London? Oh, no, it's East, like East London. Chucking it down. Is that, is that rain? 
You know, would that be a little bit of water? Or would that be sort of, you know, ten-pound notes falling out of the sky? You know, chucking it down. Because that's what it means. I think you mean it's raining, don't you? I think that's what you were obviously struggling with. And so it's raining in East London. To be honest with you, in, in fact, somebody says it's not pleasant outside here, Steve. It is raining. All the best at turning the lights on. What are you thinking? Electrocution? You know, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> Which could be quite... Actually, it reminds me of a gag I might do tonight, anyway. Uh, thing, Steve, I think you'll find Professor Green's real name is Elliot. How street is that? What, Elliot Green? Oh, it sounds too posh for words. I think he's a bit like the pub landlord, because he's, he's actually quite posh, the pub landlord. <laughs> I love him to be... Elliot Green. Doesn't turn into Professor Green. It's the tattoos, isn't it? Uh, D says... No, it's Dell. I was 18 and in the pub, having my first pint, when my stepfather came in and told me Father Christmas wasn't real. That's how I found out. You're determined to ruin it for everybody, aren't you, this morning? There's little people listening at the moment, sitting there in floods of tears. This is after the advert. It could be Asda, you know, who... It's based on the song done by Terry Scott. My brother who put salt in grandma's tea. My brother... And it's, it's, it was quite a cute little song, actually. You can check it out on YouTube, but they've adapted it. And it's Who Puts the Presents Under the Tree. My mother, which, of course, it isn't. It's Father Christmas. That's, of course, you're over the age of 25, in which case it's your mother, OK? Or somebody you've met recently. <laughs> Free inside your... Uh, oh, for all the news of your world. That's clever on words, isn't it? That's from the Daily Star. It's a bit unusual. Must get a new copywriter in. Free inside your biggest star Sunday. They've got the magazine. And uh, and Lauren Goodger is still droning on to anybody who'll listen about her boring, vacuous life. This is the fishwife, ladies and gentlemen. This is the one with the filthy mouth on the television that is so disgusting. Small wonder anybody wants to go out with you. Who wants to go out with somebody whose mouth is so vile... That, you know, it doesn't matter how much makeup you trowel on, darling, you'll still be known as the fishwife. Why mark and over for good? Get over it, love. He, he got over you weeks ago. Weeks and weeks ago. Nobody's interested. You know, the more you drone on about how boring your life is, the more I hate you. The more I, I just, you know, you're just, you're just stupid. Just go away. So here's, here's, here's Jordan. Now, this was the story we did yesterday. Today she's decided to up the ante. She's terrified. You know, you can't imagine Jordan being terrified of anything, can you, really? I've seen her on the television. She looks as hard as a bag of nails. Let me tell you. I'm not... I've seen her. I've seen her. We've seen her with the foul mouth and the ranting and all the rest of it. So she takes this ghastly pink car in. I mean, it really is. It's cheap, tacky. But there again, that sums her up. And they've got it up on the ramp and they find a tracking device hidden under the car. And, and she then goes, somebody's trying to kidnap my, my children. There's no evidence of this whatsoever. It's got a tracking device number on it. Because if it's a tracker and a lot of luxury vehicles, and I'm sorry to tell you hers might be classed as luxury, the colour, of course, you couldn't touch with it. You'd have to have it resprayed before you could sell it again. But uh, they fit trackers on cars. And the idea is that it's fitted into a lot of luxury cars. When you buy the car, you get some documentation. If you want to activate the tracker... You tell them, and a company will come round, and they only they know where it is, because it's generally hidden somewhere about the car. You, it's not necessarily visible. I've had them on numerous cars, and it's something like 140 quid a year, and they will activate it, which means if somebody nicks your car, they will know where it is. They can see it. They can go, well, actually, we can find it now. It's in... Basildon. And people go, oh, God, let's not go there and collect it. Let's leave it there. It's much easier. It'll be on bricks by now and turned into a sort of transit van or something. And so that's what it is. That's what I think it is. I think they've actually found the tracker. She's forgotten it had one fitted. 
A standard. Because you bet your life the garage had been on a go... No, it's fitted a standard poppet in your car. You have to pay to activate it, but you didn't pay to have it activated. But it is still there. So she says, the first thing I thought about was the kids and, my, and, and the safety. Well, stop putting them on television programmes, dear. Stop, stop having them filmed in their bath. Stop having them filmed all the time. That, I would have thought, would be far more dangerous than having a tracker fitted on your car. It's LBC 97.3 at 5.30. I can't help feeling that Jordan, front page of The Sun, her fears of being single at Christmas. Oh, no film crew love this year. That's a surprise. But uh, she says here, you know, I felt physically sick when they told me they found a tracking device. I'm sorry, love. This isn't Sicily. Okay, this isn't, you're of no importance to anybody at all, really. I love the way when you go out, you have sort of security people. I mean, I noticed on your latest show, you had to use the security people to get people to come towards you because nobody wanted to be there. It was so awful. Uh, Luckily, Jordan has a new book out. Funny that, isn't it? Let's try and think of a story. And this one's called Santa Baby. And it features her, this is her uh, seventh work of fiction. Of course, all fiction, because she never writes a word. She comes up with the idea, so I've, I've thought of a great story. Glamour model, you know, finds happiness for five seconds, sells all the stories, exploits the children on a TV programme with ex-husband, and, uh, and then gets very old and has more Botox. OK, that's a good story. What should we call it? Let's call it The End of Nothing. I think. I don't know. That doesn't quite sound... Santa Baby sounds good, but in fact, and you're, you're probably... Uh, many of you listening, I'll do this slowly for you if you've been buying Jordan's books, uh, her, her, her feature character is somebody called Angel Summer. That's her name. Angel Summer is her main character, so it's really intelligent stuff. I think it's pitched at some market, I don't know what it is, who's a former glamour model turned TV presenter. And already this one, Santa Baby, is a bestseller, even though she's not, she's not written a word. She can't write. She can't even speak. But uh, there you go. She said, I felt physically sick when they found a device under my pink Range Rover. Jordan Terror over Tracker. And she's going to be single at Christmas, so she'll put a penny on and cook lunch. So? What? Like the rest of the country, dear. I mean, there's me thinking, with all your money, you'd be really classy and go away to a fab hotel. But let's face it, what fab hotel would really want you there, I'm afraid? Now, having mentioned on the news that more than a third of us plan to cross people off our Christmas present list this year to save cash... Uh, I'm tempted to ask you, have you crossed anybody? Don't don't say me, for goodness sake, because I mean, I don't want to go into deep depression on a Friday. But uh, but how are you going to cut back this year? I know some people hate Christmas. Some people hate New Year's Eve. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of New Year's Eve. I, I never understand why you have to get into a pub by a certain time and then they shut the door or failing that you have to pay or you go in on a ticket and, and then you're stuck in there with a load of people you probably wouldn't want to be with. I like the idea of wandering from place to place. I know what it'll be like round here. It'll be carnage on Christmas Eve. Down in Trafalgar Square, there'll be thousands of people. You know, most people having a jolly time, but it will be through the, through the auspices of drink and drugs. You know, very rarely do you get people of our age going down there. We just sit there and watch it on the television thinking, I'm so glad I'm not in that crowd. So I wonder, really, if you're going to cut back this year, or are you one of these people who goes, a bit like Audrey Forbes Hamilton, into the Manor Born, where she couldn't afford, really, to do Christmas, so she pretended she'd actually gone away for Christmas. So she got herself a suntan on a sunbed, and she started learning Spanish. Uh, from one of those gramophone records, but she was caught out by Richard Devere. Uh, and I wonder whether or not that's happened to you, whether or not this year you will go away. Because some people just want to go away for Christmas. They don't want to be involved with it. They'd rather go and sit on a beach, have it... Because it doesn't quite work out, does it? You're sitting in Spain, they go, you want turkey? Why, why do they talk like this? I don't know. But, you know, do you want... To, it's not the same, is it, having a, having a Christmas lunch abroad in the baking heat or a barbecue on, on Bondi Beach? 
So do tell me if you're cutting back this year. Because I am. I mean, last year I, I probably would have gone a little bit more berserk on Christmas presents, but I'm putting a limit this year. I'm putting a limit on, on family Christmas. I'm not going to tell you what the limit is in case they're listening. They might go, oh, Uncle Stephen's cut back this year. It's just I'm, I'm sort of thinking it's so easy to go well over the top. So I've worked out, so what I've spent on one of my brother's girls, I'll spend roughly the equivalent on the other one. OK. Uh, Steve, re-wrestling on a Blackman in the Avengers as Kathy Gale kicked the wrestler Jackie Palo unconscious for real by mistake, says Brian. Oh, everybody loves Honor Blackman. Don't they? Oh, I tell you, it reminds me, actually, I was only thinking Honor Blackman, and then I was thinking of um, that, that lovely singer, There'll be bluebirds over the white cliffs of Dover. Dame Vera Lynn went to the Festival of Remembrance and lost a brooch. She lost a brooch which was given to her by, I think, Montgomery. And they're offering a £150 reward, if anybody finds it, plus the opportunity to have afternoon tea with her. I mean, I'll make the brooch for that. I mean, you're never going to find it, but quite clearly somebody's found it and they've pinched it. Because otherwise, you know, it just doesn't float up to heaven, does it? It would have been dropped on the floor, could have been as she went out, maybe it wasn't fixed onto the coat properly, I've got no idea, but I hope that they find it for her. Because uh, I was watching the Festival of Remembrance, I wept buckets again, I'm so sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't help it, Ray sent me a copy of it, because I missed it. I saw bits of it on the television, but not the whole thing. Alfie Bow with that over the fields, over the hills... It's, uh, it's now thousands. When I first mentioned it, 400 hits he'd had. Now I think it's well in excess of 6,000, which is good, which is very good. Uh, Steve, Father Christmas is real. I was born on Father Christmas' birthday, the 6th of December. How lucky for you. Uh, I think the woman who was actually dressed like Cleopatra at the wrestling, um, I thought I was the only one who remembered her. No, she, was, well, she, was, she had this sort of veil on and everything. She was a bit, bit odd. She had glasses. And... And I can't remember what her name was, but at every wrestling show, she was at the side of the ring, and she'd bang on the ring, she'd shout at them. She, she was quite quite unique, I suppose. Thinking of odd women, do you remember the woman who used to play things like bedsteads on watering cans by fitting a trumpet mouthpiece on them? She used to appear on Record Breaker, says Chris. Trying to find out her name or restart my medication very quickly. Do you remember the man who used to bang his head with a tea tray? He used to sing Mule Train, and he'd go, yee and bang himself on the head with a tea tray. That was quite funny. Uh, Steve, as I tell all the young people who get upset when older people tell them Santa doesn't bring presents, he only visits good boys and girls. So obviously, anybody who tells you he doesn't bring presents isn't getting any because they're not very good. As I always say to, to kids, they go, I wanted this for Christmas, Uncle Steve. And I go, Father Christmas had run out of those. He said, you can have it in the new year if that's all right, you know, when Argos opens. We'll have to wait till then, because you're just never going to get this stuff. Start doing it now. I know it's the 25th, but you've got one month. Do not say that I didn't warn you in plenty of time. So more than a third of us plan to cross people off their Christmas card list to save cash. Have you done it? How else might you cut back this year? No tree, no decorations. No, You might be by yourself. In which case, I'm going to need your company on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. So we could, Because I'll be by myself here. Well, there'll be a few people around, but, you know, we'll be like being by yourself. So we, we can sort of share our thoughts, can't we? And, you, you know, you might be one of those people who just hates the whole festive season. You hate decorations, you hate presents, you hate everything about it, and you can't wait for it all to be over. So the earlier it starts, the more you loathe the season. And it couldn't be, you know, it might not be anything to do with the cost of it. It's just the fact that it probably seems a bit fake and it's nothing to do with Christianity. It's, it's, it's totally to do with giving presents to each other. That's all it's come down to. It's, you know, who can have trees? I've not seen anything that vaguely resembles anything religious from any of the supermarkets, any of the uh, the DIY chain, nothing at all. Nobody's mentioned the baby Jesus once. 
they've all mentioned, you, you know, we're offering two for one on Christmas baubles and two for one on Christmas trees and this and that. But, but nobody's mentioned the baby Jesus. And for the simple reason, it's kind of moved away from that side. People will still go on Christmas Eve to midnight mass to sing carols. And that's the nearest you'll get to it. Unless you're coming to Twickenham today because we've got the band from Nella Hall. So looking forward to that. So looking forward to the band from Nella Hall. I just love a brass band. Absolutely. Lewis Hamilton hinted he could get back with Nicole Schanziger and said, I still love her very much. You remember Judy James? Uh, Judy James doing her analysis of body language. Got it completely off the ball on that one. You know, I don't know why they bother phoning these people up. What's the point? What is the point of phoning them up? Listen, they're going to get back together, they get back together. It depends how much longer her publicity lasts and, and how much, you know, they think they can actually see each other. I really don't know. I really don't know. A lot of people talk about Christine Bleakley. Hello, love. So how do you feel about being axed from the TV programme? Christine Bleakley... It's saying in all the papers she sees this as a positive move. She's obviously more balmy than we thought she was. Uh, and then there is talk of Eamon Holmes coming over, and that's unlikely. He's just signed a new deal. And frankly, I think, you know, best he's, he's sort of he's stuck out at Isleworth. You know, I don't, you know we, we've seen him on daytime television quite enough, thank you. He's on far too much, him and his wife. And, um, and then they were saying it could be this woman from the BBC's breakfast time. Who cares? I mean, to be honest with you, that, you know, they're, they're, Philip Schofield is apparently going out to have lunch or something with Christine Bleakley so they can start forming their relationship for this dancing and ice cream. You've either got it or you haven't. You can't pretend, you know, because she'll be sort of... It, it's like Tess Daly. You could tell she's on another planet. She's standing with Bruce Forsyth. Somebody spent ages trying to straighten her rather sort of split-ended sort of hair and they've stuck her in a few frocks, but she's not quite there. But she does her best at sort of smiling at Bruce and looking a bit fake and stuff like that. Jason Manford turned up on the television. I just can't help feeling about all the texts he was sending. I don't know why. I just, it's just, every time I see him, I, quite, I, I really want to like him. You know, I really want to like him because I think we'll probably get on really well together. But uh, it, it's just that, you know, he did the texts and I don't like it. It's like Paddy McGuinness. I want to like Paddy McGuinness, but when I see him being interviewed, he's a bit bombastic, he's a bit northern. And he's, he's a bit... I don't have a problem with northern people. As long as they stay up there, I'm fine. You know, we don't want coming down here appearing on our television. You know, you've got your own television up there. And, and I was sort of watching him the other day being interviewed, and I thought, he's, he's doing this tour, because every comedian is doing a tour at the moment. Every single one. And they've got a piece in the paper today that another comedian grossed last year, it's a very well-known comedian, £8 million. Pounds. Eight million pounds. So don't ever watch them on the television and think, oh, look, they're, they're just ordinary people, ladies and gentlemen, who come on stage wearing a pair of jeans because they can't afford to dress. No, 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 no. Eight million quid. I would imagine an average comedian, if they're playing theatres, like over the road at the Garrick, that bloke was playing it, they should be turning over at least a million in a year. At least a million, because they use them on all the television programmes, because they're fast, they're funny, they're witty, they're quick. You know, some of them kind of get overused and then we get bored with them and, uh, and then they turn up on loose women and then we kind of sort of give up after that but I mean it would not be beyond the bounds of possibility for an average comedian to turn over a million quid in the course of the year except Comedy Dave so more than a third of us plan to cross people off the, uh, the Christmas card list uh, how else are you going to cut back? Presents? You, have you decided to put I said years ago we had a, we had a limit on our presents and if we went over it then we, um, we had it shared into our birthday as well. So, but you always got what you wanted. Years, I mean, I suppose when you're younger, 
you don't, you, you know, you do a letter and you, and to Father Christmas. I mean, I was still doing it last year, but it didn't make it, you know, cut it up, put it in the chimney. And, uh, you know, waited for Father Christmas to reassemble the thing. And you used to put down all the things you wanted. Now, people just put one or two things. I used to like the surprise of, oh, I wonder what I've got for, for Christmas. You know, in our case, and probably the same for your family as well, if you weren't particularly well off, you got reconditioned things, like I got a reconditioned bike. I never had a brand new bike. Couldn't afford a brand new bike. I wanted a tape recorder at one time, so I could have music for my puppet shows, and I had a, a reconditioned... T- I know, for my puppet shows. Hello. <laughs> wasn't sooty and sweep or anything like that, you know. Wasn't that naff. <laughs> Doing other things. My father built me a theatre. A theatre, a puppet theatre. The things you learn on this programme. Things I learn on this programme. So I had a puppet theatre, and it had... <laughs> Why is that funny? My mother made me the curtains, that red velvet. It's kind of stuck with me. It doesn't surprise you, does it, really? I mean, why would I not have a puppet theatre? And I had little lights on there on a on a, a train transformer, so I would wire them up at the back so I could have the lights dimming down. And I had... I used to make my own scenery and everything. I don't know how I've ended up getting to this age, to be honest with you. I'm surprised I've survived. Surprised I've survived. Quarter to six. These are the news headlines you're waking up to. Nick Clegg is to promise to create hundreds of thousands of work placements for young people. The Deputy Prime Minister is to announce the creation of a £1 billion youth contract later, which aims to help jobless young people get back into work or education. As a warning, next Wednesday's strike could lead to passengers being held on planes at Heathrow for 12 hours as immigration staff walk out in the row over pensions. The Telegraph claims airlines have been told to fly planes only half full to try and reduce delays. And Met Police say 278 people have now been arrested after a series of raids targeting drug-dealing networks across London. Scotland Yard say they've closed 14 drug houses and seized 39 weapons. Down to the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre, Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning on the M20. Steve Allen. Good morning. 12 minutes to uh, six. It's a Friday morning and uh, he's back. You remember barking mad oddball David Icke. David Icke went on Terry Wogan's uh, chat show years and years ago and claimed he was the son of God. Unfortunately, after that, he had to flee the country because people put him down as being mad as a brush. Unfortunately, he's back again. This time he turned up in America. Uh, nobody knows who he is. He's a, a former sports reporter. And he's very successful, then quite clearly went off the rails, I'm afraid. And in an eight-hour show, eight hours, in a t- eight hours, I mean, you know, you'd have to take sandwiches on a sleeping bag for him because he's so boring. Uh, he has claimed that uh, the Queen is half human, half reptile. He's, 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 this, he's this ill. The world is run by aliens we can't see, and vampires are living amongst us. The man is quite clearly so deluded. He is a stupid, and I think stupid would be a very good description uh, of him, having told everyone he was the son of God. Um, it then went, you know, really completely off the rails. So he now turns up and a couple of thousand people will... Because America's full of these sort of people, nutters, you know, and they'll fill up theatres. We've seen that vile family in America. Do you remember, I think they were classed as the most hated family in America because they used to stand outside the funerals of soldiers who'd been killed in uh, Vietnam and Afghanistan and everywhere else and uh, go, good, you know, you've gone straight to hell. People who died of AIDS-related illnesses. I mean, they were the vilest family, you know. And the good news is that when they all die, they're going straight to hell. It's as simple as that. Like suicide bombers. You know, there's no vestal virgins hanging around on a cloud for you, I'm afraid. It's straight to hell and damnation. 
Simple as that. And David Icke, you know, the world is run by aliens we can't see. I mean, it makes you wonder whether or not people just say something for an effect, or whether or not they're that stupid, they actually believe it. So when we saw that film or series, was it called V? Which, when it started on the television, I was fascinated with. They were humans, but then they took their skin off, and underneath they were reptiles. And that's, of course, what David Icke wants to believe. So, contrary to what is sitting in the Natural History Museum to disprove it, you know, the man is so idiotic that Americans will pay good dollars to go and see this loony. And uh, here he is. And um, he, he's talking about this is fake. This is... Fa- I mean, when, when you say the Queen is half human, half reptile, you begin to wonder whether or not he's just too stupid for words. Talking of too stupid for words, Junior Henry. Junior Henry was pictured in all the papers at the Notting Hill Carnival. He was fleeing with a blade. He was pictured with a knife in his hands. He just stabbed somebody. He's a rather pathetic, useless little individual. He's been sentenced to four and a half years for the attack at the Notting Hill Carnival. His victim, Rio Andre, was left with a disabled right hand after Henry's blade slashed through the tendons. Uh, The bad news is that Junior Henry, a pathetic, pathetic, vile excuse of a person, will be out in probably a couple of years, if not less. I'm, I'm almost campaigning and have been for years, if somebody says you go to prison for life, you go to prison for life. If you mean you're going to prison for six years, well, then say six years. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I don't know whether locking this bloke up would serve any purpose. I think just sort of, can we have this island some years ago? We sent them to Australia, and they started sending them back in the form of Neighbours and all those other programmes. But, you know, sending them a, as far away as possible and let them all live among each other, do all the hell they like then. And idiots like Junior Henry, as I say, pathetic excuse, used to be a member of a gang when he was 12. I mean, you do worry about the, the gang mentality. Generally, children of limited intelligence. Generally, people who, you know, the, there's not much hope for them because they can't be bothered to actually learn at school. They can't be bothered to do this. They, they felt that life has dealt them a bad hand because they didn't have drugs at an early age. And, and yet, never the parents, is it? Never the parents' fault. I sometimes wish you could go round to their houses and go, right, let's actually talk to your mother. What the hell's going on? Why didn't you bring your child up properly? Great shame. Uh, scientists have found a planet like Earth 123 trillion miles away. They were doing a thing the other day, I know that there's a few of you out there, generally on medication, who like to believe that there is life on other planets. For life, I think, you know, whereas we think little plant, little thing in a piece of water or whatever, they think, phone home, Elliot, phone home. And they, and they want to believe in little green monsters. Uh, this one's so far away uh, that you're never going to get there. But they've said, I think, on Saturn that one of the moons around Saturn could hold life. But they're never going to find out. But I think 123 trillion miles away, who cares? It's on a place called Titan, and it's in the distant Libra constellation. It'll mean nothing to ordinary folk like me and you, but it means a lot to those people who say there could be life out there. As long as you... I mean, it's that far away. You can't even... I mean, I don't even think your tom-tom would work that far. I think you'd actually get out there and it would have no... I wonder what it would come up with. If you took the TomTom into space and sent it up on a satellite, I wonder what it would say to you. Turn right in 200 yards. <laughs> you have now reached your destination. <laughs> and lollipop ladies. I didn't know lollipop ladies gave out sweets. We have to stop that practice immediately. And in fact, they have. Lollipop ladies have been banned from giving kids sweets this Christmas in case they suffer allergic reactions. I had no idea that lollipop ladies, and men as well, were actually giving them out in Stockport... Uh, in Cheshire. They say the gesture could be misconstrued. Councillor Ian Roberts says, nobody can guarantee it's safe to give a child any sweet. Because you can imagine that's what he sounds like. He's one of those do-gooders, isn't he? 
a little bit sort of borderline Kenneth Williams, I should imagine. Ex-lollipop lady Sue Meakin said, how has it come to this? I'd always give kids a toffee and somebody would run up and give me a hug. Not allowed to do that nowadays, I'm afraid. It's a shame, really, you can't do that. I said, what are you doing giving my, my kids sweets? Um, well, I'm a lollipop lady and I just thought it'd be nice to give them a sweet. No, I don't think so. I don't want you to give my kids... They might be allergic. Perhaps we should get badges made. It's all these do-gooders, though, isn't it, nowadays? I mean, years ago, who ever heard of a peanut allergy? Nowadays, has it got nuts in it? Oh, I don't know. It's a walnut whip. Of course it's got a nut in it somewhere. Um, good luck for tonight, says Gary. I'm turning on the Christmas lights in Twickenham. Uh, I really would have liked to have gone, but sadly I'm on duty till nine. Probably far better you're on duty, I suspect. Good news for me, he's got another extreme race called The Grim next weekend, which will be equally as tough and muddy as the one last weekend. And he says, I've managed to get my race day changed from the Saturday to the Sunday so I can arrive at the Mermaid without being flustered, worn out and in good time. So that's good news. Good news. I think Christo's going to be there. Which is nice, isn't it? Uh, how are you cutting back on Christmas this year? This is after the other day we had the Prime Minister who didn't send a few Christmas cards to a few world leaders. Not that he was cutting back on the money, it's just that he decided to take them off the list. Iceland, he didn't send one to. And he didn't send one to South Africa, and he didn't send one to Putin in Russia. Uh, whether they sent one is, is not on record at the moment. We'll have to dig deeper for that. And now they're saying in a recent survey that people are cutting back on Christmas this year... And you want to cross people off your Christmas present list. Now, I don't know how many presents you're expected to buy. I probably have to do each year... <sighs> ten? ten? Which doesn't sound like a lot. I mean, I can imagine, if you've got a family and, you know, you, you, you've got kids, then you've got to buy, you know, for the school friends and people swap presents and the kids come home for, and they've got presents. You go, oh, somebody else. And then somebody sends you a card. You think, oh, I better put them on the Christmas card list. So you send Christmas cards. It actually becomes quite an expensive business. And you've got to start working out. So mums and dads at home at the moment, even though it's only a month to the big day, they've got to start getting things organised. You've got to do a list. OK, how many people, Nathan, in your class will you be buying a present for? Charlotte, you'll be buying for your friends. And uh, Danielle, you'll be doing this. And that's you have to do it. You have to do a Christmas card list. But you almost have to give them under the counter. Because otherwise you might give a present to someone. They go, uh, I bought you a present. And you go, I didn't buy you one. And kids are quite honest about it, don't they? They'll say, thank you very much indeed, but I didn't buy you one. It's like having your birthday when you're at school. You invite your school friends and they all bring you presents. I've never seen so many presents. It's great for Christmas. I hardly get anything because I'm, I'm of that age, I'm afraid, where nobody kind of bothers anymore, really. <laughs> they don't. Jordan will probably send me something like a gift voucher and Dave Vitti will probably send me sort of comedy one-liners, which, are, you know, were very useful for somebody who's less funny, I suppose. So, how are you cutting back this year? If you, if you are cutting back, or are you a bit like the Ecclestons? You can imagine poor... Uh, poor Tamara Eccleston will be there going, should we spend 10 million this year or 20 million? Who knows? Let's just... But, I mean, so miserable, so unhappy. Doesn't seem to buy you happiness. You'd think if you had that much money and you were able to spend that much money, it would bring you immense happiness. But quite clearly not for little Miss Misery, because all she does is moan about this, that and the other. 0845 6060 973 or 84850 or LBC 973. Uh Mark says, what's her name, Princess Paula, valet of the wrestler Kendo Nakazaki? Well, she might have been. Princess Paula sounds vaguely familiar because somebody else, James, has said it was Princess Paula and Fit Finlay. Lovely. Um, 
Uh, Roy says, the man who banged his head with a tea tray was a real priest in Bethnal Green. Used to do all the pubs. Well, this guy used to appear on the television. He used to do mule train. Mule train! And then as opposed to going yee-haw, he'd bang his head with a tin tray. Steve, Father Christmas does exist. I remember him coming to our school every year to give us presents. Some said he was a school caretaker dressed up because they recognised his GLC wellies, but that must have been a coincidence. I think he probably borrowed them. Don't you think he borrowed them? Something like that. You know, let's err on the side of cautions, shall we? Just in case. Steve, you're very entertaining, and you are my antidepressant. I know. I'm not even on the NHS. No NHS. There's no charge for this. There's no charge. Well, you wouldn't pay for it, would you? And says, uh, I think you should be on air twice a day. Yeah, all right, let's not push it, shall we? Bad enough getting up at this time of the morning. But after years of listening, I still don't know what you look like. I'm scared to find out. OK, think, think Dolph Lundgren about 25 years ago. Amazonian-looking, you know, a chest bulging with muscles, flowing blonde hair, chiselled looks, suntan, pearly white teeth, beautifully manicured nails, and uh, about six foot three. OK. Hold that image, OK? Just think the alternative to that and you get a rough idea where, we're, where you're coming from or where I'm coming from. Uh, 84850, uh, Nathan says, my nan listens to you every morning and uh, her name is Patricia Lewis. Is it Lewis or Louis? Probably Lewis, I should imagine. I don't know. I'm hopeless at pronunciation. Uh, did you see the Remembrance Sunday Antiques Roadshow earlier? I did. I did. I'm looking forward to this programme about... The, uh, the Great Escape, looking forward to the tunnel, looking forward to seeing that. All sorts of things I'm looking forward to seeing, actually, over Christmas. Looking forward to seeing a man with a white beard dropping presents down the chimney, because this year we've got a bit of a shock for him. We've bricked it up. So uh, he'll get in there, but he won't get back out again. Uh, Jackie says, good luck for tonight. I cannot make it, but most of your Facebook fan group will be there. We discuss you seven days a week. Good Lord. Even the good Lord rested on the seventh day. News is next. On FM, online and digital. Good morning. It's uh, eight minutes past six. It's Friday morning. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast show. I can't help smiling a little bit this morning because there is a story. I mean, perhaps I shouldn't. It's probably terribly wrong. But uh, there was a thief uh, who stole six poppy collection tins and prisoners beat him up twice in prison. Now, I can't help feeling, I'm sorry, I think that's the lowest of the low. To steal a poppy tin is, is akin to that stupid woman the other day who put the kitten in the microwave and killed it, or the man who tied the dog behind his car. I mean, these people should be strung up immediately. But Carl uh, Mason, who also nicked a box containing donations to a blind charity, was attacked in prison whilst awaiting sentence. I mean, it is a bit like prisoners dishing out a piece of uh, restorative justice. You can't condone violence, but you can quite understand it. And to be honest with you, I mean, you know, what a low life to actually steal poppy tins. You know, money which is needed for people who've given... I mean, the one thing that is impressed on people... I can understand somebody stealing, you know, some meat or a bottle of wine or something like that. To steal a poppy tin, though, or to steal from a charity shop, I think possibly is, you know, you are the scummiest scum of the earth, and it just, it just drives me mad. Probably drives you mad in exactly the same way. I must thank um, Adam O'Neill, who works one of our sister stations in, uh, in Yorkshire. He's a big fan of the programme, which is quite nice. He describes me as opinionated, hilarious, jaw-dropping radio. Not sure if that's because you've got a toffee stuck in your mouth or something like that, but it's, uh, it's always good to hear. So thank you very much indeed for that one. Uh, off to see the zombies, says uh, Noreen, on Sunday, the 50th anniversary tour. Good grief. And uh, can you wish Conrad, a big Steve fan, a very happy birthday, more his Steve Allen friends, 
And that also comes from Diane from Great Malvern in the Malvern Hills. And uh, so happy birthday to Conrad from Diane as well. Both listen to the show every day and we think it's great. Good luck for the big switch on later. Actually, I've, I've, I was putting my, uh, my thinking hat on earlier on and I was thinking we've not seen Andy Heyman in with Nick Ferrari doing the papers. He's in this morning doing the papers. Andy Heyman, who's the former head of specialist operations at the Met Police. I bet you anything... It's going to be Westminster Council on the programme. I've just got this feeling that it's going to be them fighting back. This is over the parking charges. A more ludicrous thing. It'd be hard pushed to find. And you can speak. I think, I think it's, yeah, I bet this morning you'd better speak to the man behind the controversial parking charges. It'll be very interesting to actually hear whether or not he actually answers the questions or hedges them and goes in a, in a roundabout way. Plus the strikes next week. I bet Nick will be covering that. Put it about half a billion pounds. Do you get their support? Kind of, you know, losing it a lot, I'm afraid. And, uh, and you'll also get the, the cost of the economy. Islington Council, who are going to put a 20-mile-an-hour limit on main roads. How on earth they're actually going to enforce that? I've got, they can't even enforce people on their phones in cars. So they'll never be able to bring in no smoking in cars. And the other thing, apparently, they're going to be talking about, and you might have noticed this, I haven't, a Christmas tree shortage this year. Well, I think it's because we've got them all in Twickenham. We seem to have trees all over the place. Paul Cooper and John have been sort of banging trees up all night, I think. So uh, that's where they are. He's going to be talking to Mike Jordan, the owner of uh, Phoebe's Pet and Garden Centre in Catford, about the Christmas tree shortage. So there you go. Perish the thought we should have a Christmas tree shortage. I don't have a real tree. We've got It's all real real trees in, in Twickenham, loads of them. But uh, at home, it's always uh, it's a fake one, I'm afraid, which is terrible. Stephen Bridlington says, for the first time ever, myself and Jill will not be celebrating Christmas. As my dad passed away last Christmas Eve and it wouldn't feel right. I know it takes a few years for that. I, I speak from personal experience that it's always that that first Christmas that you don't feel as though it's right. But on the other hand... You know, by the time you get to next Christmas, you'll be feeling a little bit better about it. And then you'll, you'll gradually... It takes ages. I promise you, I know. I've been through it so many times now. And it, it, it just takes ages to get through these things. But it doesn't stop you thinking about them, does it? So you can still celebrate Christmas. And you can think about somebody that you, uh, that you might have uh, lost. Uh, Stuart says, have you been to Winter Wonderland? Yes. Don't go on a weekend. It's heaving. It's absolutely heaving. Uh, say good morning to my mum, Anne Kenwood, and Dad Paul, as they listen all the time. Uh, Steve, uh, Alan in Orpington, I think, uh, there's a grammar school fair tomorrow from 12. I don't know which one it is, actually. I have to tell me which grammar school it is. Uh, Les Kellett was great. Good wrestler, says Tom. Um, was the man with the tray Stan Sennett, late of Crossroads? No, it wasn't. I remember Stan Sennett. He, he was the one who went out on tour with, I think, Eric Morecambe. I think he was on the same bill as Eric Morecambe, on the, uh, the bill that uh, Eric died on. I think it was like a one-man show. Eric, was, Eric and Ernie had uh, they'd been their own separate ways for ages and ages, and they were both doing shows, and Eric's show was the one where he, uh, he I think, died on. Uh, Joyce says, I only buy for the children, now being a pensioner. I can't afford it. Good luck for tonight. Wish I can be there. Uh, Steve, I'm a cab driver. Love your shows. Don't worry, I will send you a Christmas present. I think so too if you're a cab driver. You must be loaded. You must be the richest person in the capital at the moment. Uh, Jan says, can you start the show again? Because I've just woken up. Absolutely. Go to lbc.co.uk, learn how to podcast. You can listen to it at time. You can listen to all of it. Very funny this morning. Five past five, hilarious. By quarter past, it had kind of worn off a little bit. And I didn't realise Steve was old enough to remember the guy who used to smash a tea train and said, singing Mule Train. I have YouTube. I have YouTube. LBC 97.3 My London Home My London Home 
Steve Allen. Morning. 19 minutes past six is uh, the time. I couldn't help but sort of be glued to a television the other day when they had Sir Philip Green on there, whose Arcadia group has lost a small fortune, blaming the fact that their profits have dropped on the uh, the climate change. You're not buying coats. And so over the next few years, and he said it with a straight face, he's going to be closing about 200 stores, possibly with the loss of thousands of jobs. And I wonder whether or not we've fallen out of love with Topshop, even though he paid Kate Moss a small fortune to stand in a window and parade up and down. I mean, he's, he's basically, you know, he's a rag trade tycoon. I know what the profit markup is on clothes like that, because uh, I know people who sell stuff like that. And, and I can understand why shops would be closing. I mean, very shortly in the high street, all you're going to have is charity shops and estate agents or in another coffee shop. Although I did see the other day there was a bit of a bit of a ruction going on in our local Starbucks where they're obviously training a girl up. Now, if you're training somebody up whose first language is not English, it's not easy. So in front of me is a man. And I encountered this man the other day because he's doing some work in in Twickenham. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. And what he's asked for, he's bought one of those little innocent yoghurt drinks, which are quite nice, and he wants a cup of tea. The girl is trying to master the till. In all the other, you know, establishments, you push T and it rings up. No, not in Starbucks. You've got to push about seven different buttons. And then if it's a card and then it's cash. Anyway, so he, he goes, I'll have that and I'll have uh, the panini, whatever it happens to be, and a cup of tea, which is straightforward. So she's on the till and she's trying to master the till. And she goes, um, what, what was it you want? And he goes, a cup of tea. Four times, he asked. In the end, he lost his temper completely. He said, I've now told you four times I want a cup of tea. I tell you what, cancel that, just charge me for this. Well, she's now flustered. She can't now cope. She cannot operate the till for love nor money. The whole thing, we're we're all sort of standing there twiddling. I mean, I actually had sort of done a a chalk painting and jumped into it and a small jigsaw and was re-busy designing the ceiling at the same time. And it just took forever because she'd, she hadn't been trained properly before she'd been put in front of customers. And he'd lost it completely. I mean, he absolutely lost it. He was having none of it. And he said, listen, just give me my money back. And so then she pushed the wrong button on the till, and it turned out that his little innocent smoothie drink cost £4. And so somebody else had to come over, and it was just a total disaster. But you know when you get flustered? And you know when all of a sudden things are... And you just, stop it, stop it, stop it, I can't do it. But because she couldn't work out the till, and because she didn't understand irony... Because it's a very British thing, irony. You know, comedy, Dave, irony. It's, it's one of those things you can't explain to somebody. Hello, how many of that are you? Oh, 20. 20. No, it's a joke. I'm joking. People don't understand that. And so when, when he said, you know, he actually wanted the, the money back, she'd, she'd pushed the wrong button by that time, which was a bit of a shame. Uh, I live in Bermondsey. Next week in the Blue Market Square is a winter wonderland and all the money raised goes to Homes for Heroes, says Carol. Good. Sarah says, I lost my dad this year, so don't want to know about Christmas. Thank goodness, as a presenter like you who understand, I should be listening every day. I know, because we've been there. We've been there. As we get a bit older, we go there. I mean, you're never going to sit down on the first Christmas that you've lost somebody and go, well, whoopee-doo. You know, and no matter what people say to you, you're never going to change anything. Because all you want to do is sit down. You don't want to burst into tears every five minutes, but you want to sort of, you want to try and bring it, together and come to terms with it, because it's really difficult. Some people, it takes, you know, ages and ages. You know, for me, it was kind of delayed. You know, you can go to a funeral, you can, you know, you go to the funeral home, you can go to the funeral, and then it, it doesn't hit you till till later. And then later it hits you, and then you start... All I remember thinking is driving down the motorway. I'm an orphan. That's all, that's all I thought. 
that funny? I mean, everybody thinks differently. So I, I quite understand how people are over Christmas. Unfortunately for you, you've got me. So you got me on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day, with my gurgling stomach, and it's 10 o'clock till 2 every day. 10am until 2, so if you can cope with that in the podcast. And you will be getting loads more podcasting for your money. I mean, look at that, you're going to get a four-hour show, as opposed to, at the moment, you know, one hour, 11 minutes of a two-hour programme. So, more than a third of us are planning to cross people off the Christmas card list to save cash. And uh, Christmas presents, we, we did Christmas cards yesterday, Christmas presents today. And uh, so they're going, listen, I only give to the children or something. Who, who do you cross off this year? As they get a bit older, do you have a cut-off point for nephews and nieces? Do you go, listen, now they're 16, you, don't, you just get a card, you know, lots of love, Auntie Ivy, Uncle Stephen, something like that. Plus... Despite Sky Plus, one in three of us rush home to watch Saturday night television. And you even plan your weekend around the programmes. Now, I thought that we didn't do that. You'd phone up the wife, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the lover, the next-door neighbour, and you'd go, listen, I'm, not, I'm, I'm having a drink in a pub. In a pub? And if you could manage to Sky Plus, you know, the Sky at night for me, that'd be quite nice. Nope. You rush home and you plan your weekends. Hello, would you like to come for dinner? I can't. I'm watching Songs of Praise. Oh, right. OK. You're staying in. Yep. And I'm, oh, Chalton and the Wheelies is on as well, and so I'm not going out at all for that. Because I used to do that. I would stay... And sometimes, once you've actually got into the mode of staying in on a Saturday night, and I think it occurs around 25, 26, when maybe you haven't got as much money as you thought you had, you put your feet up, you open a bottle of wine or a beer, and you start watching Noel Edmonds or whoever it happens to be, and you think, Gee, I can't be bothered to go out. I cannot be bothered to actually get dressed and go out. It's an effort, isn't it? Why would you want to go out and... You know, and you have to get... Actually, and then people phone up and go, you're coming down the pub, you go, <coughs> I don't feel at all well at the moment, actually. I feel a bit of a... And you lie. Are you one of those people? Or are you one of those who rushes home to watch Saturday night television? You know, you're having a... Can we... Can we we're not having a dessert. Why? We're going home to watch something on the television. Antiques Roadshow. It's a repeat from 1976. You know, so, so can, we, can we get the bill? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Over here. Can we, get the, can we get the bill, please? 0845 6060 973 Four eight five zero or LBC nine seven three, and uh, one here says um, if a lollipop lady can be banned, Steve, from giving sweets, how come it's okay to give sweets at Halloween? I d- listen, Dave, you're asking the wrong person here. I mean, I just, I've, it, I mean, it is odd, isn't it, that you go and knock on a perfect stranger's door and go uh, trick or treat, and they give you a sweet. You know, assuming the fact it's not poisoned. I mean, I, I don't know how that works, and yet the lollipop ladies can't... I wouldn't have thought lollipop ladies earn enough money to actually, you know, give people sweets. I mean, how many, they must have very deep pockets. Uh, Maggie and Bromley says, love to Roland and Louisa on their move to their new home. And uh, love to you and John. And uh, Brian says, you're so right, criminals should serve their full sentences. And if they misbehave in jail, they should get more time added. Some might never come out. Tony says, when you're introduced, the crowd are going to be expecting a sex symbol. This is for the turning on of the Christmas lights in Twickenham tonight. <laughs> yes, well, well, they're going to see a sex symbol. Do you know they're going to be expecting a sex symbol? They're going to see a sex symbol. Some, I mean, there will be no touching. OK, I want that on red. We don't... And I've got security. I don't any of this touching. I know it's cheaper than a trip to Lourdes, but we're not having any of that malarkey going on. OK. Uh, David Icke is not stupid, Steve. He's barking mad. Read his website if you have any doubts that need clearing away. I don't, actually. I don't have any doubts. <laughs> Any doubts on that front at all? Anybody who says the Queen is half reptile, I'm afraid, is is just 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 ridiculous. I'm afraid. Uh, Paul says uh, I noticed yesterday an article saying that Daniel from the X Factor show the other year was dating one of this year's contestants in an attempt to resurrect his career. I don't even know who Daniel is. Which one's Daniel? 
I have no idea. And yes, and I remember his uh, his long term partner as well. Uh, have to ask with K- 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 Katie and the tracking device if it was anything other than a normal one. Surely one of her twenty four seven on hand team would have noticed somebody tinkering with it. Santa baby, by the way, an insult to Eartha Kit fans everywhere. Yes, I mean, uh, this is the story on the front of The Sun about Jordan, who's flogging a, a cheap tatty book that she's uh, really not written, so it's a bit of a swizz. Uh, it's claiming that they found a tracker, which, you know, a, an £80,000 vehicle, loads of them have them fitted. It's whether you activate them. And you're right. I mean, surely all the people in the security she's got at home, you know, would know somebody coming in. It's, I mean, she's in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. So that, that's, what, uh, that's what worries me. Uh, the man with the tray was Bob Blackman, and Stan Sennett actually owned the Roses in Tewkesbury, the theatre where Eric collapsed and died, says Paul in Manchester. Thank you. Bob Blackman was about mule train, yee-haw, <coughs> crash himself on the head. In the end, you began to wonder, because you remember tin trays? You must remember tin trays. Everybody used to have one. Uh, I have a tray at home as well, actually. Um, uh, sadly, Michael who's the, uh, the black cab poet, cannot be there tonight for the switching on of the lights, but he sent me a poem. It's called Festive Twickers Flickers. It's only a little one, as they say. In Twickenham this Friday of all nights, Steve Allen will switch on the Christmas lights. His fans from all around will flock to see this well-known LBC celebrity. Wearing a sequin jacket, I'm not sure about that, sharp and slick, and to the tune of Jolly Old Saint Nick, from his beloved Bentley, this fella will emerge with his twinkling umbrella. He will then turn on the decorations and declare the start of celebrations by wishing one and all with festive cheer, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yes, I mean, we, but the trouble is because we've got the show next week, we have to save the, uh, the sparkly jackets, but there will be something. Let's just say there will be something. Bridget says, whilst I agree with you that people who steal poppy tins are scummy, I cannot agree that they can be compared with the subhumans who killed the kitten or dragged the dog or performed any other act of animal cruelty. No comparison at all, in my opinion. Money can be replaced, but the animals can't and went through hell before they died. Hope the switch on goes well. I, I hope so too. It's just, it's, there's so many awful people out there. So many awful people. Uh, talking of awful people, uh, the one show has been accused of bias when they were doing a feature on Dale Farm. They did not give Basildon Council the right to reply, but what can you expect when you've got two inexperienced people presenting, I'm afraid? You know, they were making claims uh, which was biased. They were actually saying that they had, uh, they had an Essex traveller saying they're throwing us out on the road with nowhere to go, which, of course, was a blatant lie, and they put this out as if it was true. Basildon Council had offered to rehouse and relocate all the travellers. So, once again, the one show gets a little bit of a knocking, I'm afraid. They've also got people in the paper who are models, but not face models. They're hand models, foot models, they're heel models, all sorts of models, but you wouldn't know their faces because they're, they're famous for doing other things. Special guest in conversation this week at uh, nine o'clock is going to be comedian Jimmy Carr and Seal. OK, so two special guests for In Conversation as we head towards the festive season. It's LBC 97.3. Time now is 6.30. Steve Allen. Good morning. 25 minutes to 7. Ray and Balham, used to have a very famous pub, says some years ago a dirty lowlife stole a poppy collection tin from the counter of one of our pubs and ran off up the street. Two customers gave chase, catching him and wrestling him to the ground. They then sat on him until the police arrived to take him off to the Nick. Due to the fact he was so dirty and smelly, they refused to put him in the police car and waited for the van to arrive. <laughs> Seems fair enough. At least people do that nowadays. I mean, I think that's quite good. I think it's great that you can go to them. Him, Chase, now. 
You know, that's the, that's the kind of good thing, isn't it? I've noticed there's a solid, solid Silver 60s show. This is the one I think that Noreen's gone for. Peter Noon, back in the country from Herman's Hermits. Brian Highland, sealed with a kiss. Chris Montez, the more I see you and let's dance. Brian Poole, who together with the Tremolos had huge... Was it Brian? No, Brian Poole and... I can't remember who it was now. Uh, and Vanity Fair. His big hit was Live for the Sun, I think, wasn't it? Live for the Sun. Uh, mind you, over in uh, Bedford Street in Covent Garden, the uh, the Jack Holbert and Cicely Courtenage Society, Itmar and Vintage Radio Comedy Society, have their High Society's 23rd Open Day. Doors open at 2.30 at 20 Bedford Street. Societies represented Ivan Novello Society, uh, the Judy Garland Club, the club for acts and actors, of course, the Lewis Carroll Society, Noel Coward Society, Malcolm Savile Society, the Old Boys Book Club, the Shaw Society, the Old Boys Book Club, incidentally, Frank Richards, Billy Bunter and Rishmel Crompton for Just William, the Angela Thurkle Society. So that's today at 2.30 at Bedford Street in Covent Garden, number 20. It's worth going, actually, just to look at the posters on the walls, I promise you. It's worth going just for that. Oh, I've got the racing post again. I don't like it, the racing post. I can never understand why they send me the racing post. There must be something in here. Um, Daily Mirror this morning, front page. This is the, the thug who stabbed an innocent man, horrifying the nation. Yesterday, uh, he was jailed for four and a half years. He'll be out in about two years. Uh, Top shop, top chop, they're calling it, 260 stores at risk as the chain stores' profits plunge amid gloom. The trouble is it's easy to build up too quickly, isn't it? And then you go, well, because of climate warming, we're not buying coats. He said this with all sincerity. I wasn't, I wasn't too sure if it was a joke, actually, really. And then I looked at how big the stores have become, and I thought, I don't know. You know, I mean, I'd love to know what, what the shoplifting ratio is for the amount of items in there. I should imagine it's probably quite high, because people do do it. Remember I told you about the comedian earlier on who took eight million last year? Who is that? Lee Evans. Madcap comedian Lee Evans. Eight million pounds last year. He'll go to number one in the DVD charts on Sunday. He sold more than 150,000 copies of his new DVD, which was only released on Monday. He's outselling Peter Kay, and they say is well on course to sell over half a million copies of the DVD by Christmas, which will net him several million pounds. Because, as Jimmy Carr will tell you when you hear him on In Conversation at 9 o'clock on Sunday evening, um, you, you write a show, and then you go out and you tour that show. He's, he's looking to write... 300 gags. Must be incredibly difficult to try and write 300 gags without being influenced by anything else that you might have heard, in case somebody comes up and goes, actually, that's my gag. It's like songwriters. They go, oh, they're they're very good, but they sound a little bit like so-and-so, so-and-so. You can't sound like somebody. Jimmy Tarbutt made a a living out of recycling other people's gags because he was on television, and television used up a tonne of material. If you were touring the clubs and the variety theatres, it was fine. You could tour for a year and you never saw the same people twice and they never heard the, the stuff. The moment television came out, it et up material. Et up. You ask any comedian, they go, oh, television, the death of, of the poor comics. So that's why these people tour and they play the stadiums. That's why Ricky Gervais will write a show. He'll go out there and he'll play huge stadiums. To me, I always thought comedy was a bit more intimate. You know, if you're doing a theatre, that's OK. A thousand people, that's fine. Ian in Bedfont broke the Christmas card trap two years ago, he said, when I started to stop sending them. I think of my friends throughout the year, so why did I need to write them to tell them 
only at Christmas. I estimated it was costing around £70, including postage each year, to send something that would eventually be dumped in the bin. So I now donate that sum to a different children or animals charity each year. It also takes a lot less time to write a cheque than it does to write 60 Christmas cards. I also ask that friends don't send me cards, but simply put 50p on my behalf into the first charity collection box that they see. Yes, I did that one year. I said, I'm I'm donating to charity, and I didn't, because I didn't have any money, and so I didn't send cards. And you're right. I mean, Lovely though it is to receive cards, and really lovely to receive cards, you look at it and you go, oh, look, there's one from Auntie Winnie. So you put it on the mantelpiece, and then come the end of Christmas, you pick them up and you drop them in the bin. And it's, it seems that, because some of them are really pretty, and you think, I'd quite like to keep them. But, you know, that you, where do you store them? Nobody's got any room, have they? So you're probably right in a way. We were talking the other day to a student who sends e-cards, and that's actually quite nice. Because an e-card, you can go on and uh, it's, it's Jackie Lawson. And it's something like three or four pounds a year. And you can send hundreds of, you can send thousands of cards if you want to. And you can fill it in. It will send them automatically. And I sent loads of people's Christmas cards. And then you know when they've opened them up as well. It, it, it tells you that, you know, so-and-so, you know, Giles has uh, opened his Christmas card from Steve. And I like sending those because they're animated. And the first time I got one, one Christmas, I sat here in disbelief looking at this card where it starts snowing and then you click on the Christmas star and then a dog comes out of the house and then the fire... Oh, it's wonderful. Fire burns in the grate and people walk back from the pub. Really pretty cards. Really pretty. JackieLawson.com, I think it is. Uh, now I know, says Maggie in Barnes, your hours. I can't wait for our Steve Allen Christmas. During the Downton Abbey weeks, I made sure all the homework was done, sports kits and school bags ready, just so I could sit down at 9pm on a Sunday and relax. I had to start putting that into place from Friday nights, though. So now you know. But it's tr- people do do that, do they? Steve Allen do. Dan says, I keep telling my family, don't get me gifts for Christmas. I'm 21. My aunties and uncles get me presents. Nobody asks me. I like a surprise. I like a surprise. It's no good buying me... Th- I mean, you know, most things I, I can go and buy. So it's, it's, it's got to be something unusual. I this year, to be honest with you, I can't think of anything. Anything. It's a very fortunate position to be in, but I, I really cannot think off the top of my head, apart from a 3D television, and I'm not that fussed about that either. And who on earth in their right mind, unless they've just won the lottery, is going to buy me a 3D television? Uh, Mark from Chingford, like the other lady, I lost my father in March, having the family over for a buffet in the afternoon, but couldn't bear a sit-down lunch with an empty chair. Yes, I mean, it, it is something that you, you get over. It takes some people a lot of time. I always used to feel sorry after my dad died for my mum because she was the one who suffered the biggest loss. If you've been with somebody for any length of time, that's this, this dreadful, dreadful emptiness. It's awful. Karen in Cardiff says, My sister and I used to use tin trays as sledges. Blimey, they used to fly along. No way now, too scared. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you might as well have sat in a puddle of oil and gone down a hill. Uh, James, I'm 28. I love Saturday night TV. I plan my whole weekend around my favourite programmes. Going out is too expensive and boring now. You see, he's 28. 28 is when you start vegetating. You've now... I bet you've got slippers. And a pipe, maybe? Do you have some twiglets, maybe, in a cupboard? Do you sort of sit... Do you think to yourself, I'll I'll, I'll just get a takeaway pizza. I'll have a takeaway pizza delivered. Catherine says, I'm working in China for the next month, so eight hours ahead. I just say, you're one of the things I look forward to during the day. Eating probably as well, you think so? I don't know, I think eating's quite good. Steve, my television packed up in April and I haven't missed it. My friends think I'm strange, but I'm uh, the one not giving the BBC uh, over £160 for nothing, says Chris in Islington. They did an experiment years ago in a village. They took away their, their televisions to see if people could live without television. Three people divorced, 
Four fam- One ended up going to prison for rows. The children wanted to leave home. People became addicted to television. But it- it's amazing how that little box in the corner can control your life. We sit there all the time. It's on. You get up in the morning, it's on in the kitchen. Lots of people have got telly in the kitchen. You know, I've even been in places where, the, where the, the telly's in the bathroom, so no matter where you are, you wander from room to room and you've still got the television. You can sit there in the bath watching the telly. Make sure it's a proper television for the bathroom and it's behind screens. Don't actually sit there with electricity. You know, it might be a little nasty shock. It might, might kind of ruin your Christmas and everybody else's. But we are, we are so addicted to the little box in the corner. Like, which is like the digital radio, isn't it? We have, I've got digital radio in the bathroom because the sound quality is really good in the bathroom. It's not echoey or anything like that. It just sounds good. And so you can wander from room to room, get in the car, on with the radio. So in other words, you don't miss anything. And then podcasting. I mean, what a godsend podcasting turned out to be. What an absolute godsend. You didn't even need to worry about it because you just sort of, you thought, if, if I miss the programme, I could just go to the LBC website, I could pay £2 a month and I can download everything. How cool is that? This is LBC 97. Steve Allen. Don't forget, there might be a shortage of mistletoe this year. I'd hate you to miss out on snogging under the tree. So uh, get your mistletoe now. They've always got, so we've always got mistletoe in Twickenham. However, down in Brentwood, things have taken a strange turn. You remember that Amy Childs, the intelligentsia one from the Only Wears Essex, has opened a salon? No, babe. And it, it's a little bit confusing. And the confusion reigns over the apostrophe missing from the sign of Amy Childs' salon. Because it's got Amy Childs' salon, no apostrophe. So, is it supposed to be THE Amy Childs' salon, meaning it does not require said punctuation, but needs a definite article? Or is the Brentwood Beauty's parlour sign lacking the possessive grammatical mark, correctly attributing the salon to its owner, Amy Childs? Utterly confused, Clemmy Moody decided to, to speak to a spokeswoman, to clarify. She said, it has an apostrophe, pause, cue some muttering, <laughs> and then she said, no, no, just just write it as it is on the sign, no apostrophe, no apostrophe. Do you think Amy Charles has understood any of that? Possibly not. Straight overhead. Cheeseburger, large fries. Will it still be there in a year's time? Possibly not. Possibly not. You know, shops don't last nowadays, and let's face it, if Topshop and Arcadia can't manage to keep things going, I see no reason why on earth Amy Charles would want to. You know, and having looked at the picture of the girls who are going to be working in there, you're expecting a little bit more of them to up their ante, I'm afraid. Uh, you were quite right, says Michael. It is Brian Poole and the Tremolos, but they went their separate ways in 66. That's 1966. The Tremolos had a few hits on their own with Silence is Golden, Call Me Number One. It's because that was, the lead singer was Chip Hawks, wasn't it? I think. Brian fell by the wayside, having just one record on his own. That was a hit, The Joker Went Wild. Interestingly, his two daughters found fame in the last ten years as the band Alicia's Attic. The things you learn. The things you learn on this programme. I never knew that at all. And uh, Mary says, you introduced me to the Jackie Lawson e-cars. They're so lovely. Sent a Thanksgiving one yesterday. It was a basket of food that turned into a turkey with a Pilgrim's Father hat on. You have to check them out, because there are some pretty, very clever animations. I mean, I understand nothing, as you can well imagine. Uh, David Jason, says Patricia, did an item on television about the Harry Tunnel a couple of weeks ago. This is uh, The Great Escape. Uh, they've made a replica for a few yards, and it has perspex, so you can see the person on the trolley pulling themselves along. Uh, David Jason did it, said it was very, very hard work, which I can well understand. Well understand. Uh, 84850... Uh, Jan, see you at the Mermaids. Uh, Marion Crawley said, since my dad died, I feel more sorry for my mum at Christmas. They were together for 50 years. That's why you've got to look after people at Christmas. You know, look out for... We say that every year, don't we? Don't ever sort of... You know, th- all these people who've lost somebody, they're the ones who are suffering the most. 
Mark in Rochester has taken my advice and given up bread after we said the other day that it really isn't good. That bloated feeling that you get, it's bread, I'm afraid. But it went all wrong, he says, when I fancied an egg and bacon sandwich for breakfast and then cheese and beans on toast. Is there a substitute? No, there isn't. You're either going to eat bread or you're not going to eat bread. I mean, yesterday I did succumb. I did, say, you know, oat cakes and rice cakes, I'm sorry. Sandal-wearing hippies, you know, it's just naff. I'm sorry. If you want bread, go for bread. Slather it with thick butter, peanut butter on the top, grated cheese, everything. I went home yesterday and I got a bit of a craving. And while I dealt with that, I thought, what shall I have to eat? And, and I went out and I bought two rolls with caraway seeds on the top of them, or they call them sesame seeds or something. And I cut it in half, a bit exciting, and I put some butter on and then some peanut butter. And I sat in front of the television and I was very happy. But I felt a bit bloated afterwards. And so... I mean, yeah, I mean, if somebody doesn't eat bread, I mean, I'm eating tons of it. Even as I sit here now, I'm buttering bread and just shoving it in as quick as I can. James says, yes, I do have slippers and a bag of twiglets. No pipe, though. I did uh, quit smoking six months ago. It's very good. Uh, Jay's got a radio in every room. Good. Emma says, Ella Fitzgerald sang a lovely song about Christmas, being about the things you do all year, not just the Christmas card you send. Trevor says, Harrods have changed their bath ducks as a Christmas one with a crown. What's a nice idea? The, the royal family in the in the shop have got um, have got lots of strange things to put on the trees this year, including a corgi and a few some really naff things, and uh, and also a royal shower cap, which is about seven ninety five. Uh, looking forward to being at the Three Kings with Alan later with Alex at the Barmy Arms with our new Christmas degree and lots of live music. Says Scott and. Uh, I noticed that the Twickenham Town Business Association elves have put a tree above virtually every shop. There's about 200 trees. Our chief elf, Paul Paul Cooper, has put them all up there. And his tallest son, Johnny, ably assisted by Darren Graham and our white knight elf, Tony. We spent all day up a, a ladder. About 40 shops doing something special. Lots of mulled wine, mince pies, hot Christmas sausages. And Claire the Mayor arriving in town at 4.30 at Laverstock Park Farm Butcher's Shop to start the Best Dress Window Competition. Uh, Sandy's have got the most... This is the fish shop. We've got the most amazing lights up there as well. And he says, will you be wearing a sparkly jacket? I'm not sure if I'm wearing a... In fact, I'm pretty certain I'm not wearing a sparkly jacket for this tonight. We're saving them for the uh, for the Moy Maid. And uh, the Nella Hall Band playing us all down King Street and Church Street to the square. Lots of children's entertainment. And Bruce from Crusader Travel, who chairs the 100-strong company... Twickenham Town Business Association, alongside you to switch on the totally transformed Twickenham Town Christmas lights at 5.30. Anybody who's wearing a top hat this year can expect it to be confiscated. <laughs> so there you go. So if you're coming down later, look forward to seeing you as well. Uh, Patsy says, I don't buy anything personally advertised by Kate Moss. Yes, I mean, I think you can, you can sort of buy something, can't you? And you think, it's because it's a celebrity endorsement. And I'm not... I'm not wild about things like that, unless I feel it's genuine. If it's just somebody who's been bought in for lots and lots of money, it's like when you see these Russian oligarchs and they say, tonight we're sort of flying out, like, you know, they did for... They, they flew somebody... Who was it? They flew like Boy George or something. And they paid them, like... I think George Michael got a million pounds for singing at somebody's birthday, which is quite nice. Dreadful waste of money, though, isn't it? Just go to Austria and you can have him in the hospital bed. Imagine if you book yourself into the hospital and go, can I be in that bed next to George? And then you could sing next to him. Um, another one here who says, uh, uh, can't wait to see you again next week at the theatre coming with Maggie Bromley. And that's Pat Cooper. 
very much looking forward to seeing you as well. So we found out this morning that uh, that you're quite good at saving money over Christmas. You're you're quite good at pre-planning your Christmas presents. You're quite good as well at sorting out your television. And by the time you get to 28, you don't really want to go out on a Saturday night anyway. I think you probably do in, in the summer. But when you get cold winter nights like we're having at the moment and it gets very dark, nobody goes out there. And so we all want to stay in and then your friends phone up and then you have to tell fibs and pretend that, in fact, uh, you're not really well enough to go out. It's only because you're comfy on the uh, on the sofa. Bridget, thank you very much indeed. It's been a good show today, actually. I think it's a good show every day. I think you should definitely, uh, definitely download it if you've not downloaded before. Go and uh, download. If you go to the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk. Uh, Jackie says, if you need some mistletoe, I can pick it from my local farm. The apple tree's got loads. But you have to do the kissy... Oh, don't do the snoggy bit. I don't do kissy-kissy stuff. <laughs> I know lots of other people do kissy-kissy. But you're right, that's where it grows. It grows on apple trees. Don't ask me why mistletoe... There's probably some strange, peculiar, horticultural reason why mistletoe grows up apple trees. It's also growing all over Bushy Park at the moment. And, uh, and people climb in and get hold of it. Because for some reason... I mean, do we still do... I'm going to put some in the office this year. I think mistletoe in the office, we can start doing snogging a bit earlier. We didn't do much snogging last year, but I'm hoping this year we'll be doing quite a bit of it. Listen, have a great weekend. Don't forget the repeat of In Conversation on Sunday morning between 6 and 7. The brand new In Conversation with Jimmy Carr and Seal is between 9 and 10. You can download the programme as well. And, uh, and we're back with you on... Back with you on Monday morning. I shall see you in Twickenham this evening for the turning on of the lights with the Nella Hall band and uh, mulled wine. And uh, if I fall over, you just have to put it down to the fact that I'm very old and I have a couple of drinks. But I'll be the hunk turning on the lights and hopefully it should look absolutely fantastic. So uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Nick and the team with you after the news at seven this morning. Before all of that, it's the business update with Holly Ford. Thanks, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down 12.